0: Amen. Come on, let's pray and get into the Word. Let's, let's uh, just focus here for a second and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to come and teach us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for your presence. You are the teacher. We thank you for the supernatural transforming power of the Word of God. Strike our hearts this morning, Lord. Change us, transform us, empower us, and release us to be the salt and light of the world. Change us today, Jesus. Amen. Everybody that wants to be more like Jesus, say Amen. 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 All right. So, how many of you love your Savior? You love your Savior? Do you love your Savior? Do you love the gospel? Do you love your church? Might not be this church. Do you love your church? The world needs hope and healing right now. Maybe more than we've ever seen before. And Jesus is the answer. But it's not just Jesus. It is Jesus' message shared with the world through His church. That's us. The COVID and politics and racial divide um, have wreaked havoc on the world. Just pure chaos. Chaos. Has struck the planet. Um, we were in pre-service prayer today, and and one of the uh, uh, one of the prophetic words that came out came out was the word chaos. Somebody else said, I've heard that word four times just this week. Chaos has struck the planet. The, 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 the combat that we have experienced over the last year and a half to two years has been just brutal. Some of you, some of you online, anybody listening to this some of you believe that covid is nothing but a conspiracy and that it's not real and uh and that it is it is at least government overreach others believe that the government and the medical community have no nefarious motives but they are truly trying to stop a pandemic some of you believe the presidential election was rigged some of you don't some of you believe that critical race theory and blm are Uh, Good organizations that are fighting against injustice. Some of you believe they are pure evil. These things have created isolation, division, hatred. The land is littered with broken relationships. Economic disaster for many. Tremendous loss. Some have lost loved ones to COVID and they are in deep grief. Grief. Pastors are depressed, discouraged, and disillusioned. And 25% are quitting or on the verge of quitting. But my question to you this morning is, where is Jesus in all of this? He's the same place He was before it hit. He is seeking and saving the lost. He told His disciples, His first group, his first crew that he ran with, he said to them, Lift your eyes. Everybody say, Lift your eyes. If you're bold enough, say, I need to lift my eyes again. Lift your eyes. Did he say, Lift your eyes at the oppression of the Roman government? Lift your eyes at the social injustices? Lift your eyes at the economic situation? Is that what he told his first disciples to do? Lift your eyes at the temporal issues of life because that is what we are all about is that what jesus said all right jesus said lift your eyes and look at what the harvest thank you tim one just one of you get it let's try this again he said lift your eyes and see the what the harvest Am I saying that you and I are not to be about these other things? No, I'm not saying that. We're to be the salt and light of the world. But not at the expense of the gospel. Every bridge you blow up, you just blew up an opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus. You can win an argument and lose a soul. The goal of the church is not to win arguments. The goal of the church is to win souls. Did you know that there is a battle on the earth and it's not political, the spiritual battle. is not political, it's not racial, it's not economical. It is over souls, human beings that will live eternity in hell or heaven. What are we fighting for? And so Jesus says, lift your eyes again, church. Look at what I am looking at. Be about what I am about. He said to his early disciples, Matthew 9, when he looked over at the crowds. I'm going to see if we got Look at that. We got it. Can we give uh, Chris and the tech team a hand over here for working hard? He worked all the way through worship, and he got us there. Sorry, Josh. I get it. You didn't. When he looked, Josh, our worship pastor, when he looked out over the crowds, look at this. Let's, let's come back to this. When Jesus looked out over the crowds, His heart broke. I like what Pastor Josh says. He has benediction on his emails is always on God's page. Not on the Republican page. Not on the Democrat page. Not on the medical page. Not on the government conspiracy page. Not on the racial page on God's page where is he in all of this we got to find him and be on his page we are his church we are his bride the spirit and the bride say come book of revelations last chapter when the curtain's about to fall the spirit and the bride say come his heart broke So confused and aimless they were like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers. I believe the last year and a half has been the assignment of the enemy to distract the church from her assignment. Every amount of energy and focus and time and attention and money we have spent fighting Earthly, temporal things. We have not been fighting for souls. Satan is having a heyday on the planet. But if the church would rise up and remember who we are, why we're here, and what we are to be about, we could be reaping souls everywhere because there have never been more. What did he call them? Confused and aimless. Empty and lost. The things that we have all trusted in. And what I've heard pastors say all over the city and the meetings that I've been in. I forget what I was going to say. I know. But I think the Lord just took it right out of my mind. Yeah, he does that. I'll blame it on that. What a huge harvest, he says. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. One scripture says... Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send them into the harvest field. That word send means to thrust them forth, implying power and efficacy and authority. Today, my message is called Come and See, and we're going to see that this phrase is used throughout the Bible. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. But let me ask you this question. If you said to somebody, Come and see, and they visited your facebook page what would they see would they see jesus or would they see all of your opinions about everything with attitude my question to you as a follower of jesus christ and that is a platform for the kingdom if 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 if, a, if somebody who's who far from God read your Facebook, your platform, would they find Jesus? What are we about? If they spend an afternoon with you, would they draw, be drawn closer to Jesus? What are we about? If they follow any of your social media accounts, if they came to your church or your small group, what would they be left with? Your political opinions? Your philosophies on life? Or Jesus? We need to get back to what we're supposed to be about. Bringing Jesus to people and bringing people to Jesus. That's it. John chapter 1, John the Baptist. He's walking with a couple of his disciples. And you have to understand that John the Baptist was raised with Jesus. Jesus was John's cousin. But, one day, everybody say one day. One day. John's walking with his disciples and it says... In verse 29, 129, John 129. The next day, John saw Jesus. Everybody say, John saw Jesus. Watch. John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That moment was the first time John the Baptist knew who Jesus really was. Up to that point, he only knew Jesus as his cousin. But in that moment, he was like, What? (laughs) My cousin is the son of God? The first thing that has to happen to a human being is your spiritual eyes have to be opened. Or there's no way you can come to Jesus because you don't know who he is. You think he's a historical figure, he's a prophet, he's a good teacher. But the Son of God, God in flesh, you can't know that and believe that unless the Holy Spirit opens your spiritual eyes, opens your spiritual heart. And you believe it. You know. You just know. This is what happened to Peter. One day Jesus says to Peter, Simon was his name at the time, and they had walked with Jesus for quite a while. And one day Jesus turns around and says, okay, test time, little pop quiz. Who do people say that I am? Oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist, come from the dead. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter goes, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter didn't know it until that moment. He had been living with Jesus, eating, drinking, sleeping, walking around, looking at, hearing his sermons, watching the miracles. But it wasn't until that moment that he knew who Jesus was. And Jesus says, ha, nobody convinced you of this. My Father in Heaven just revealed it to you. To reveal means to pull back the curtains. The curtains have just been pulled back for you. Now, I don't call you Simon anymore. I'll call you Peter. That means you're a piece of the rock. Petros, which means a small rock. And on this Petra, which is the revelation that I'm the Christ, I'm going to build my church. And hell can do nothing about it. Peter, you're solid now because you saw me. That's what happened to John the Baptist here. Jesus will reveal himself to you in many different ways. Sometimes it's a revelation like Peter got. For me, it was my prayer was, Jesus, I don't know if you're real or not. I was 19 years old. I was a good sinner. And some guy kept inviting me to church. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. You know, I'd say, No, come and see. No, come and see. No. You got to work with him every day. And he wouldn't shut up. It's like, okay, I'll come and see. Just so he'll stop inviting me. And I went, I walked into a place like this. I was like, wait a minute. This is weird. Everybody's happy and nobody's stoned or drunk. This makes no sense to me. How can everybody be happy? And I, and I went three times and I went home and I knelt down by my bed. I was 19 years old. I said, Jesus, I don't know if you're real or not. But if you're who those people down there say you are, I'm inviting you into my life. And then it was coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. coincidence. I finally came to a place where I realized, you're communicating with me. I think you're real. I think you're... That's how it came to me. It was a gradual... It doesn't matter how it comes. Jesus will reveal himself to you in the way that will convince you that he is the Son of God. For John, God told him what signs to look for. Look at this. The next day John was, uh, saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes one who is ranked higher than me, preferred before me, for he was before me. See, John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, but John now sees that he's the son of God, so he says, oh, he was way before me. He's always been. He's God in the flesh. And then he says, I did not know him. Isn't that interesting? And I've seen and testify that this is the Son of God. Jesus will reveal himself to people in all sorts of different ways. But once you have seen Jesus, what are you to do with that? Well, in the Jesus movement, they said, I got Jesus in my pocket. That was the phrase, I got Jesus in the pocket. I got Jesus with me. I take Him everywhere I go. Wrong! You're not taking Jesus anywhere. He's taking you if you choose to follow Him. The problem with American Christianity, if I can say this in a blanket statement, is we compartmentalize. Like we have Jesus on Sunday. We have Jesus when we need Him. I let Jesus be part of the parts of my life that I want Him to be a part of. That is not the gospel message. The gospel message is come die to yourself and follow me and jesus is going this way he's got you in his pocket you don't have him in your pocket hello that's why it doesn't work for some it is all in i mean could you imagine of uh, you know the fullback running out into the football field and he gets in the huddle and they say okay we're doing this play this play. look we got to punch us in the end zone we got five seconds on the clock We have to have this touchdown. And the fullback says, Yeah, yeah, but I'm not all in, okay? I'm like, I might carry the ball. I might not carry the ball. I might not, like, give it my all. You know what I mean? I just kind of like, I'm just going to hang out a little bit and check it out. See how it turns out. See how it turns out. You cannot win a football game with that kind of attitude, nor can the church take the world with that kind of attitude. You can't find that anywhere in the Bible. Jesus says, If you don't sit down and count the cost and follow me, die to yourself you won't even make it it's not that he's not being mean he's being honest why because the world is going to press in on you your own personal uh likes and dislikes and preferences is going to press in on you your sin's going to press in on you satan's going to press in on you you cannot half step and make it as a disciple of jesus christ can i hear an amen from somebody all right, look, here's how the Apostle Paul met Jesus. Peter got a revelation. John got a sign. Let's see what Paul got. So I said, who are you, Lord? And Paul says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. And he's appeared to you and I for the same purpose. To make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. What is does He said, Whatever you have seen, tell others about it. What did John the Baptist say? He said, I have seen and testified. I have seen and testified. You simply tell people what you have seen. You don't have to have a theological degree. You don't have to be a professional preacher. All you have to do is share with others what you know about Jesus because you know more than they do. It could be the first day you got saved. You know more than they do. If they can ask you, they ask you all these big theological questions, a great answer is I don't know. But I do know what happened to me when I said yes to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, that's going to be a lot more attractive to them than some eschatological ones. Jesus returning and get out all your maps and timelines. They don't care about that. They care about the emptiness in their souls. And you have the answer. I have seen, therefore, testify, this is the Son of God. He says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles who are going to persecute you, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes. There it is again. To open their eyes. What happens when their eyes are open? In order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. No wonder Satan has got us all so distracted on these stupid things that are happening on the planet right now. Rather than what we are supposed to be about. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, again he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Do you remember, for those of you that, that you like didn't necessarily grow up in the church, and so it's kind of like something you've always known, but you are one of those like me where you're going this way, and all of a sudden you, you saw Jesus and you went this way, right? And when that happened, and the, it's like the blinders came off, and you knew who Jesus was, what happened? What'd you do next? You told everybody, and you annoyed everybody. You irritated all your family members. You told your mom and dad who grew you up in the church, right, the, uh, uh, the, the way. Now you're teaching your parents, you're teaching your brothers and sisters, everybody at work, at school. I mean, you're just like, oh, my gosh, I see. Right? You're like, we need to come back to our first love. You might be thinking I'm preaching to the unsaved today, but I'm preaching to the church. We have got to see Him all over again. Otherwise, we are going to stay captives to all these other issues that we are all so invested in. We have got to see Jesus again. Lord, open our eyes today. Save us again. Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Now here's the pattern. Here's how it works. You and I see. We see Jesus. And he said to Paul after he knocked him off his horse, that's how Paul got to meet Jesus was Jesus shoved him off his horse by his presence and blinded him. Some people need to get saved with different methods. <laughs> and and he, he said, I want you to start telling people what you've seen and all the other things I'm going to be showing to you. See, that's what we're supposed to be doing. The Lord speaks to us about somebody or something, and we are messengers. That is our whole assignment. I don't care if you're a doctor or a nurse or a school teacher or a student or an athlete or an engineer or A stay-at-home mom, or I don't care who, what your occupation is. That's almost irrelevant, other than how God's hardwired you to do your thing. That might have been heaven's amen. I don't know. That might have been the Father. It doesn't matter about your your slot in life, it's what what is your message? in your slot, in your lane? What is your message? How, how do you come off? What are you saying? What do you, what, what, how do you see your oikos, a Greek word for your circle of influence, the people you work with, on the team with, the, your friends, your neighbors? What is your, what is your, is that your mission field or not? Because it actually is, but are you treating it as a mission field? So here's the pattern. You see Jesus, then you point to Him, and the people you're telling Him about have a choice at that point. Your job, is for the moment, is done. They have to decide whether they're going to follow Him or not. If they choose to follow Him, then Jesus takes over. That's why whenever I talk to somebody about Jesus and they're not sure, I say, I wasn't either. But I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Just pray. Lord, if you're real, Jesus, if you're who they say you are, reveal yourself to me. If you'll just pray that prayer, I'm like, watch out. Watch out. Let's see what happens here. The two these the, the two disciples heard him speak. That's your part, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, "What do you seek?" I love that Jesus meets people where they are at what do you seek what do you really want how much of me do you want you want a piece of me right how much of this you want and here is the amazing thing to me i'm really amazed i I was just telling somebody just last week it shocks me how much freedom jesus gives to us we can actually say no to him and he will let us go to hell i wouldn't do that as a parent Right? You're like, come here, come here, come here. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. Don't do that. Don't know. That'll hurt you. Jesus is like, you have complete free will. I'm right here, and you can come as close to me as you want and have as much as me as you want. And if you turn around and walk away, he will let you. He did that to the young rich ruler, right? In the story, this guy comes running out in public, falls down to Jesus' feet. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus knew he had a greed problem, so he said, all right, give all your money to the poor and come follow me. And the guy walked away sad, And Jesus, it said that Jesus looked at him, and I love this phrase, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, get rid of all your money and give to the poor. It was his love that was trying to set this guy free. This guy turned around, was sad, and walked away, and Jesus did not chase after him. Do you think it broke Jesus' heart? 150%. But Jesus has given us free will. So Jesus turns and says to them and says to you, how much of me do you want? The, 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 two, the two disciples after Jesus rose from the dead on the road to Emmaus, they're talking. Jesus sidles up next to him, starts talking to him. They didn't know it was Jesus. And then they, it, they, they were like, uh, will you stay with us, please? And Jesus, it says, and Jesus, Jesus uh, um, signaled that he was going to continue walking on to the next town. And they said, please stay with us. And Jesus said, oh, okay. He would have walked on to the next town. And that would have been all they had. But they said, please stay with us. They begged him. He stayed. They had communion. Their eyes were opened. And they knew it was Jesus. There's multiple stories like that where Jesus will just walk by. He'll let you you have your own way. They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. Everybody say, come and see. That's all we got to say to people. Come and see. Just come and see. Come to my church and see. By the way, I had postcards made up. Actually, Daryl Lee designed them, and I had them printed, and I had them in my other car and left them at home. But the little postcards that say, come and see, which was supposed to go with my message today, and on the back, it has the advertisement for our church and all that. So, anyway, Jesus can use anybody uh, the best he can. We'll have those next week. Come and see. Come and see. He said to them, come and see. I love that. Just come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they said, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. And then they decided to go on. Is that what the Bible says? It said, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they said, oh, that's enough, that's enough. I've I've seen it, yeah. Okay, this is where you're staying, cool. Everything's good. Good to meet you. Is that what they did? No. It says, They came and saw where he was staying and remained. Everybody said, remained with him. They remained with him that day. Aren't they glad they did? Because they became two of the first disciples of Jesus. They remained with him. You've got to remain with the Lord or you're going to miss all sorts of stuff. One day, the two heard John speak. Oh, one day... The two who heard John speak followed him and Andrew Simon... I'm sorry, I'm lost. He said, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon. Here goes the pattern again. And he said to him, we have found... which is translated, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. There's the pattern. Come and see. Everybody say, come and see. That's all you got to do. You don't have to convince anybody. Just bring him to Jesus. Ask him. Pray the prayer. Come to church. Come to my small group. I'll just answer some of your questions. Come and see. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated... A stone. This is huge. You don't know who you are until you know who Jesus is. Simon thought he was a fisherman, had a fishing business, and was going to be a fisherman for the rest of his life. Jesus saw him as an apostle. Peter never would have come up with that ever. How could he have? You won't know who you are until you know who Jesus is because when you see Jesus, then Jesus will say, okay, now that you see that I'm the one that made you, now let me tell you who you truly are. First, you're my beloved son, my beloved daughter. You're well loved. Just settle down and relax. (laughs) You're loved. Unconditional love. You can't do anything to run me off. We're together forever. Now let me tell you why I made you. Now let me tell you what I've called you to do. Now the journey begins. You're Simon. You shall be called Peter. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now this, Jesus shortcuts the pattern. Rather than one of the disciples seeing Jesus, going and telling somebody about Jesus and saying, come and see, and then Jesus taking over, Jesus goes straight to Philip. Jesus is doing that right now all over the Middle East. There are Muslims who are asking God to show them the truth all over the Middle East. And Jesus is appearing to them in dreams. You can go on YouTube and look Muslims coming to Christ. And you will see video after video after video after video after video after video after video video of Muslims saying, This man in white gown appeared to me in a dream. And reveal to me who he is. And they're coming to Jesus by the millions. Stephanie, who oversees our global missions, who was up earlier, said more Muslims have come to Christ in the last few decades than in the history of the entire world. And many of them because Jesus is going directly to them. (laughs) Amen. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now, watch this. Philip found Nathaniel. Here's the pattern again. Philip saw Jesus. What's the next thing he does? He turns and goes to his Oikos, his families, his friends, his neighbors. You've got to take what you see and you've got to share it. And what does he say? What does he say? Philip finds Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael was a critic, he was a cynic, he annoyed all of his friends, I'm sure. He was the doubter. He was the questioner. He was like, now how do we know this is to be the truth? Did you do your research on that? What are your sources, right? He's like, I don't know. What? So how do you answer that? Do you fight all these battles and try to cross the T's and dot the I's? No. What did he say? Come and, and, go ahead, say it. Say it out loud. Come on. Come and see.
1: Just come and see.
0: Just come and see. Just check it out. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile, no deceit. I love that. Oh. Everybody can see your weaknesses, your bad points, your flaws and your failings and point them out on a daily basis. Your spouse will do it. Your kids will do it. Your parents might do it. Your boss will do it. You know, Satan will do it. What does Jesus do? Everybody knew Nathanael for a cynic and a critic. Jesus sees him and says, ha, you got a pure heart. You just want things to be true. (laughs) How beautiful is Jesus? Do you love your Savior? Behold an Israelite in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus said, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus sees you, and He's not judging you or condemning you. He's calling you and drawing you. Will you say yes? And He answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Dude, you ain't seen nothing yet. I love that scripture, don't you? It's like, dude, this journey has just begun, man. You have no idea the things you are going to see from here on out. You see, many people, and maybe it's you, believe that saying Jesus is the only way is closed minded. But what if it's true? It might be closed-minded to not investigate whether Jesus is truly the only way or not. That might be the closed-minded part. And what Jesus is saying to you and I is this: the 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 the, the road to destruction is broad, easy to get on. Everybody's on it; it's so easy to go. The road to eternal life is narrow. But here's here's the paradox. When you come to Jesus, who's the only way, it's like going through the bottom end of a funnel. you got the funnel big like this with a little here. You're supposed to pour oil into it, and it comes out this way. With Jesus, what happens is, you go through the narrow end, and once you come through Jesus, everything opens up. Jesus says, you believe in me as the Savior? It's all going to begin opening up for you now. You're going to start understanding everything. He said to him, Moses, surely I say to you hereafter, you're going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Our eyes need to be opened up again, church. We have been so focused on everything other than Jesus. And the message He has given to us to give to a chaotic, chaotic, Lost, empty, dying, angry, divisive, hate-filled world. If we're going to be like them, the world has no hope. We are messengers of hope. And His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come right now and convict our hearts. Be humble right now. I I, I implore you, I encourage you, be humble right now. If this message has brought correction to you, it's for your liberty and for you to get back on the track of your destiny. Jesus calls you the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Be that. He has not called you to win arguments. He's called you to win souls. If you have gotten distracted, if the devil has gotten your attention on the shiny objects all the issues of the day, and that's where you spend your mind, your thought life, your emotions, your time, your energy. I'm going to ask you this morning, as your brother in Christ, I'm going to implore you to repent. You're trapped. You have a much greater destiny than that. I'm going to ask you right now to ask the Holy Spirit to bring you back to your first love. Do you remember? Do you remember how sweet that was? It's available for you this morning. Some of you, maybe you've never come to Jesus and right now is your moment. You could just say, Jesus, I'm not sure... that you're the son of god or not but i'm open if that's true i'm asking you to show yourself to me would you just say that if that's you just right off your lips say jesus i'm asking you to reveal yourself to me i want to come and see if you're true the son of god for those of you who have already come to jesus and you've been entangled with the affairs of this life i'm going to ask you would you just drop them god's in control of the world you'll never be your facebook posts aren't going to convince anybody you're just going to create a bigger wedge and you're going to lose credibility you're going to lose a listening potential listening audience that you could actually be telling them about jesus not about what you believe about this and what you believe about that you're wasting your platform and you're 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 soiling it with the wrong messaging the wrong attitude just repent just say lord forgive me Be humble this morning, please. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Don't worry about what your family or friends will think if you decide that you've been wrong and you need to get right, that you've spent your time and energy off the Great Commission and you want to get back on it. Who cares? This is about you and your destiny, your calling, your identity. Say, Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me for getting caught up in the things of this life. Bring me back to my first love. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill this place now with the sweetness of the presence and the simplicity of Jesus. 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 We just say his name with me. Come on. Just say Jesus. Jesus. Let's all stand and just say his name. Come on. Let's come back to our first love this morning. Come on, church. Let's remember who we are. Jesus. Jesus. prayer teams to come up front and uh, if you've never given your life to Jesus you come up and let these prayer teams pray for you if you have given your life to Jesus and yet you are wanting to come back maybe you've been maybe you've been away we're not as close as you want to be be humble God gives grace to the humble and just come up and let these prayer teams pray for you get a fresh start with Jesus. And you walk out of those doors and your message will be different because your heart's different. And you'll be all about Jesus again. So as we sing, you're welcome to come up for prayer. You're welcome to go. You're welcome to stay and hang. You're welcome to go get your kids so I don't get in trouble with the children's ministry. But if you need prayer and you want to come to Jesus for the first time or come back to Jesus or come closer to Jesus, it's all about Jesus, You come up for prayer. Josh is going to continue leading us in worship. But God bless you. Thanks for coming today. And I'll see you at the park. We're going to have a great time.